0: Jai Jai Sri Chaitanya, Jaya Nityananda, Jaya Chandra, Jai Gura Bhakta So, reading from the uh, Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, Madhya Lila, Chapter 14, Performance of the Vrindavan Pastimes. So um, the situation begins after uh, after Rath Yatra. There is a there is a stop, and uh, and the devotees are bringing. Uh, the king arranges to bring large quantities of Mahaprasad. Hmm. And uh, there's then a whole description uh, that there were, uh, there were curd, fruit juice, coconut, mango, dried coconut, jackfruit, various kinds of bananas and palm fruit seeds, oranges, grapefruit, tangerines, almonds, dried fruit, raisins, and dates. There were hundreds of different types of sweetmeats like manohar ladu sweets like amrita Gutika and various types of condensed milk there are also papayas and saravati a type of orange and also crushed squash there were also regular cream fried cream and type and a type of puri made with cream there were also sweets known as harivalaba and sweets made of cenoti flowers, carpuda flowers and malati flowers. There were pomegranates, sweets made with black pepper, sweets made with fused sugar and amrita chilepi. Well, uh, and many other preparations Um, also. uh, When Sichitanya Mahaprabhu saw half the garden filled with a variety of prasadam, he was very satisfied. Indeed, Shichitani Mahaprabhu was fully satisfied just to see how Lord, Lord Jagannath accepted all the food. There then arrived five or seven loads of plates made of the leaves of the ketaki tree. Each man was supplied 10 of these plates and in this way, the leaf dishes were distributed. Shichitanya Mahaprabhu understood the labor of all the kirtan chanters. Therefore, he was very eager to feed them sumptuously. All the devotees sat down in lines, and Shichitanya Mahaprabhu... One all the devotees sat down in lines, and Sichitanya Mahaprabhu personally began to distribute the prasadam. But the devotees would not accept the prasadam until Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took it. sarup Goswami uh, informed the Lord of this. Sarut Damodar said, my Lord, please sit down. No one will eat until you do. Uh, at that time, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu sat down with his personal associates and every one of them fed very sumptuously until they were filled to the next. Hmm. After finishing, the Lord washed his mouth and sat down. There was so much extra Pesadam that it was distributed to thousands. Following the orders of Shichitani Mahaprabhu, Govinda, the personal servant, called for all the poor beggars who were unhappy due to their poverty and fed them servicely, sumptuously. Observing the beggars eating Pesadam, Shichitani Mahababu chanted Haribo and instructed them to chant the holy name. As soon as the beggars chanted the holy name Haribo, they were immediately absorbed in ecstatic love of Godhead. In this way, Shichitani Mahaprabhu performed wonderful pastimes. Outside the garden, uh, when it was time to pull Jagannath's car, oh, one sec. Gosh. Uh, Sorry. Outside the garden, when it was time to pull Jagannath's car, all the workers called godas tried to pull it but it would not move forward when the godas saw they could not budge the car they abandoned the attempt then the king arrived in great anxiety and he was accompanied by his officers and friends Mm. so Lord Chaitanya and his movement are very intimately connected with uh, prasadam. Um, prasadam comes from prasidati. Uh, prasidati can be broken down as prakrista rupena in its full-fledged form and siddati meaning satisfied, therefore completely satisfied. So prasadam in this way um, can really satisfy. In the 10th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, the word prasadam is not only used for foodstuffs that have been offered to the Supreme Lord, but prasadam in general is a word for, it represents the mercy of the Lord. Uh, the, uh, the residents of Vindavan see everything as prasadam, whatever it is, is going on by the arrangement of the Lord, that is considered uh, prasadam. So like that, uh, that mercy element, uh, it is by the mercy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead um, that um, he eats and actually puts it back on the plate. And that then, we are getting the remnants of the Lord. So not just something that is on the plate, but actually the Supreme Lord has eaten. And so we hear it is even mixed with the transcendental saliva of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Um, That's quite something. And one has to have a, a transcendental vision to appreciate uh, that explanation. Um, but Prasadam is then fully invested with transcendental potency. Lord Chaitanya fed all the devotees. Lord Chaitanya invited the beggars to come and take Prasadam. And at the same time, he requested these beggars to just chant the holy name. And by the mercy of the lord and the mercy of prasadam Uh, these beggars were instantly uh, they started chanting and they were instantly overwhelmed with love of god Uh, whenever the lord is personally present there is special mercy just like when krishna in vrindavan killed so many demons uh, each of these demons they attain more than, more mercy than a regular demon would attain. Um, it, is, it is said, one who is killed by the Lord, he, uh, an, an, a demon, should attain uh, liberation, uh, but he, uh, but in personal liberation. Uh, but we see that uh, some of the demons that were killed by Krishna, like Putana, um, attained personal service to the Supreme Lord. So that was extra mercy of the Supreme Lord. When the Lord is personally present, it is an element of extra mercy. Mm. So there was extra mercy when Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, was distributing prasadam and when the beggars were taking prasadam. Um, but prasadam, the mercy in prasadam is is always acting um, in any case. Hmm. We'll read a little bit uh, bit further in the chapter. So there were many gardens near the Gundicha temple. And Shichitani Mahaprabhu and his devotees uh, used to perform the pastimes of Vindavan in each of them. In the lake named indrajumna he sported in the water. The Lord personally splashed all the devotees with water and the devotees surrounding him on all sides also splashed the water. While in the water, they sometimes formed one circle and sometimes many circles. And while in the water, they used to play cymbals and imitate the croaking of frogs. Sometimes two pair of... Two would pair off and fight in the water. One would emerge victorious and the other defeated. And the Lord would watch all this fun. The first sporting took place between Advaita Acharya and Nichananda Pabu, who threw water upon each other. Advaita Acharya was defeated, and he later began to rebuke, rebuke Nichananda, calling him ill names. Um, there is this uh, relationship between Advaita Acharya and Nichananda. Um, And somehow or other, they're often abusing each other, although they're both manifestations of the Supreme Lord. In this particular case, in uh, the pastimes of Indrajumna Sarvar are also described in the Chaitanya Bhagavad, and there we get a little more detail. Uh, It's said that, uh, when all the devotees were in the water, then, then um, Advaita Acharya um, became um, became the bed on which the Lord on which Lord Chaitanya was resting. and in this way uh, Lord Chaitanya was acting out the pastime of of Mahavishnu and uh, and Advaita Acharya acted out the part of uh, of Sheshanak. Um, of course, uh, it is uh, it is Advaita Acharya who is Mahavishnu. So um, normally he is lying on the bed, but this time uh, he was indicating that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the is the, the real. Mahavishnu, the real Supreme Lord, and that he is simply the servant and not the master. Um, And Advaita Acharya was very eager to be in this role of the servant. Ami Chaitanya Dhasya Muni. There is one and all Others are his servants. Um, Lord Nichananda, who is also the supreme personality of Godhead, um, Lord Nichananda was at fe- was defeating Advaita Acharya by uh, splashing water to his eyes. Uh, and then, of course, and then Advaita Charya began to rebuke him. You have no respect for a brahmana, for an old man. You are just... Uh, And then suddenly, he was demanding respect for his external position. Mm. So it is described that all these serious men um, were just playing around in the water like children. Let me turn the camera a little because I'm looking at the book today. Accompanied by his devotees, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu then went into the garden and enjoyed the pastimes of Vrindavan. There were multifarious trees and creepers in the garden and they were all jubilant to see Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Indeed, the birds were chirping, the bees were buzzing and a cool breeze was blowing. So, jubilant... Jubilant trees uh, who were very happy to see, as trees can see, and they were very happy to see Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. As Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu danced beneath an each and every tree, Vasudev Dutta sang alone. As Vasudev Dutta sang a different song beneath each and every tree, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu danced there alone in great ecstasy. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu then ordered Vakresha Pandit to dance, and as he began to dance, the Lord began to sing. The devotees like Sarukh Damodara and other Kirtan performers began to sing along with Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Being inundated with ecstatic love, they lost all consideration of time and circumstances. After thus performing pastimes in the garden for some time, they all went to a lake called Narenda Saravar, and there enjoyed sporting in the water. After sporting in the water, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu returned to the garden and accepted prasadam with the devotees. For nine continuous days, His Lordship Sri Jagannath Dev stayed at the Gundicha temple. During this time, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also stayed there and performed the pastimes with his devotees that have already been described. So then next we get a description of the uh, Hirapanchani festival. And this, uh, knowing, or the garden of his pastimes was very large and was named Jagannath Vallabha. Shichitanya Mahaprabhu took his rest there for nine days. Knowing that the Panchami festival is drawing near, King Prataparuda attentively talked with Kasi Misra. Tomorrow will be the function of Panchami or Lakshmi Vijay. Hold this festival in a way that it has never been held before. King Prataparuda said, hold this festival in such a gorgeous way that upon seeing it, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu will be completely pleased and astonished. Take as many printed cloths, small bells, umbrellas, and chamaras as there are in my storehouse, and in the deity storehouse. Collect all kinds of small and large flecks and ringing bells. Then decorate the carrier and have musical and dancing parties accompany it. In this way, decorate the carrier attractively. You should also double the quantity of prasadam. Make so much that it will even surpass the ratyatra festival. Mm-hmm. So festivals are essential. Festivals are are a way of worshiping the Lord, making the most wonderful, the most opulent arrangements for the pleasure of the Supreme Lord. It is there um, in that worship, in that spirit, uh, the mercy of the Lord begins to manifest. The more we make a wonderful arrangement, the more... Uh, transcendental energy begins to manifest. Uh, Devotional service cannot just be uh, a practice, a regular practice of uh, regulated principles and duties, a daily sadhana that must be faithfully performed. Without festivals, uh, devotional service is incomplete. Uh, Festivals are the time when we uh, are making special endeavors for the Pleasure of Krishna. The whole festival is offered to Krishna. And as the festival is offered to Krishna and we're making such gorgeous offerings to Krishna, uh, the result is is that the devotees become ecstatic. And this ecstasy then, um, that brings new life, new life to our daily sadhana. Uh, This is called uh, naimitiki kriya and Nitya kriya or the activities that are performed like a daily routine and that give us benefit, <sighs> and the activities that are performed on special occasions. Arrange the festival in such a way that Sri Chaitanya mahaprabhu may freely go with his devotees to visit the deity without de- difficulty. In the morning, Sri Chaitanya mahaprabhu took his personal associates with him to see Lord Jagannath at Sundarachala. Then Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his, devote, and his personal devotees returned to Nilachala with great eagerness to see the Hero Panchami Festival. Misri received Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with great respect and taking the Lord and his associates to a very nice place, he had them seated. After taking his seat, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wanted to hear about a particular mellow devotional service. Therefore, mildly smiling, he began to question Srubh Damadar. Although Lord Jagannath enjoys his, his pastimes at Dwarkadam and naturally manifests blind liberality, there, still once a year, he becomes unlimitedly eager to see Vrindavan, Pointing out the neighbouring gardens, Chichitani Mahaprabhu said, all these gardens exactly resemble Vrindavan. Therefore, Lord Jagannath is very eager to see them again. Externally, he gives the excuse that he wants to participate in the Rati festival, but actually wants to leave Jagannath Puri to go to Chala, the Kunditsha temple, a replica of Vrindavan. The Lord enjoys his pastimes, day and night, in various flower gardens there. But why does he not take Lakshmi Devi, the goddess of fortune, with him? Sripdhamadar replied, My dear Lord, please hear the reason, reason for this. The Lakshmi Devi, the goddess of fortune, cannot be admitted to the pastimes of Vindavan. <laughs> In the pastimes of Vindavan, the only assistants are the gopis. But for the gopis, no one can attract the mind of Krishna. The Lord says, using the car festival as an excuse, Krishna goes there with Subhadra and Baladev. All the pastimes with the gopis that take place in those gardens are very confidential ecstasies of Lord Krishna. No one knows them. Since there's no fault at all in Krishna's pastimes, why does the goddess of fortune become angry? Hmm. So here we see uh, the Jagannath Puri temple is compared to Dwarka. And there, Krishna is residing as Jagannath, along with his brother, Balaram, and with Subhadra. Then, uh, Krishna huh, is uh, is then going on his chariot for Ratha Yatra. And uh, going to the Kudicha temple, and the gardens represent Vrindavan. But, hmmm, uh, It is said, Lakshmi Devi, she cannot go there, um, because that's uh, not, uh, she cannot enter the Vindavan pastimes. Using the car festival as an excuse, Krishna goes there with Subhadra and Baladeva. All the pastimes with the gopis that take place in those gardens are very confidential ecstasies of Lord Krishna. No one knows them. Since there is no fault at all in Krishna's pastimes, why does the goddess of fortune become angry? Sarupamara replied, it is the nature of a girl afflicted by love to become immediately angry upon finding any neglect on the part of her lover. While Shrubh Damodar and Sri Mahaprabhu were talking, the possession of the goddess of fortune came by. She was riding upon a golden palanquin, carried by four men and bedecked with a variety of jewels. The palanquin was also surrounded by gopis, carrying umbrellas, chamara whisks, and flags, and it was preceded by musicians and dancing girls. The maidservants were carrying water pitchers, chamara whisks, and boxes for battle nuts. There were hundreds of maidservants, all attractively dressed and wearing valuable necklaces, in an angry mood, the goddess of fortune arrived at the main gate of the temple, accompanied by many members of her family, all of whom exhibited uncommon opulence. When the procession arrived, the maid servants of the goddess of fortune began to arrest all the principal servants of Lord Jagannath. The maid servants bound the servants of Jagannath, handcuffed them, and made them fall down at the lotus feet of the goddess of fortune. Indeed, they were arrested just like thieves, who have all their riches taken away. When the servants fell down before the lotus feet of the goddess of fortune, they almost fell unconscious. They were chastised and made the butt of jokes and loose language. When Sri Chaitanya associates saw such impudence exhibited by the maidservants of the goddess of fortune, they covered their faces with their hands and began to smile. So said, there is no... Egoistic pride like this within the three worlds at least I've never seen it or heard of it when a woman is neglected and disappointed out of egoistic pride she gives up her ornaments and morosely sits down on the ground marking lines on it with her nails I've heard of this kind of pride in Satyabama, Krishna's proudest queen and I've also heard of it in the gopis of Vrindavan who are the reservoirs of all transcendent malice but it But in the case of the goddess of fortune, I see a different kind of pride. She manifests her own opulences and even goes with her soldiers to attack her husband. Shichitanya Mahaprabhu said, please tell me of the varieties of egoistic pride manifested in Vindhavu. Srukh Damada replied, the pride of the gopis is like a river flowing with hundreds of tributaries. Characteristic and modes of love are different in different women. Their jealous anger also takes on different varieties and qualities. It's not possible to to give a complete statement about the different types of jealous anger manifest by the gopis, but a few principles may serve as an indication. So, this... uh, the sense of competition and the sense of jealousy where the goddess of fortune becomes jealous and she comes out and and her servants are arresting the servants of jagannath they beat the chariot with sticks and and they are punishing then uh, a discussion unfolds about uh, the jealousy of of women when it comes to their lovers, and in particularly in the relationship with Krishna. Uh, we are not, uh, when we look at the mundane uh, jealousy that is experienced, that is only giving us a little bit of a hint of the, of the jealousy that is experienced on the, on the spiritual platform. There are three types of women experiencing jealous anger. Sober women, restless women and women both restless and sober. When a sober heroine sees her hero hero approaching from a distance, she immediately stands up to receive him. When he comes near, she immediately offers him a place to sit. The sober heroine conceals her anger within her heart and externally speaks sweet words. When her lover embraces her, she returns his embrace. The sober heroine is very simple, in her behavior, she keeps her jealous anger within her heart, but with mild words and mild words and smiles, she rejects the advances of her lover. So that's the sober heroine, who is um, in Sanskrit described. Let's see what is the ordered Bengali word. I don't see it directly. Mm. No, it just refers back to the beginning, Dira Kanta. The sober heroine, it's, it's like the, the Dira has been mentioned before, and these are just verses that explain it. Then you get the Adira, uh, the Adira Nistura Vyakra. The restless heroine, so the sober heroine is dīra kantadura, and the adīra nistūra The restless heroine, heroine, however, sometimes chastises her lover with cruel words, sometimes pulls his ear and sometimes binds him with a flower garland. The heroine who is a combination of sobriety and restlessness, dīra adīra, always jokes with unequivocal words. She sometimes praises her lover, sometimes blasphemes him, and sometimes remains indifferent. So now we have three types of heroines. Um, The one that is submissive and that will uh, go see the lover uh, and hide the anger in the heart. That's the sober one, then the restless one, who chastises a lover, and with cruel words, words, and so on. And then the one that is combined, the combination of both. Um. Heroines may also be classified as captivated, intermediate, and impudent. The captivated heroine does not know very much about the cunning intricacies of jealous anger. The captivated heroine simply covers her vase and goes on crying. When she hears sweet words from her lover, she is very satisfied. Both the intermediate and impudent heroines can be classified as sober, restless, and both sober and restless. All their characteristics can be further classified in three divisions." So we can see that. The Goswamis uh, are so absorbed in this love of Krishna, and therefore, in their writings, we find these uh, categorization of uh, of of all of this uh, categorization of of uh, of the various uh, different sentiments that are being experienced. Um, sometimes a little. Complicated. Uh, um, I, I I always feel like making tables when I see this text to make it like visible, right? Rather than words, so uh, I'm not able to do that here in this forum, um, but I'll include tables in my book uh, because tables they give something at a glance especially uh, divisions and subdivisions. But anyway, the point is this is that this jealousy is an element in, in the exchanges between Krishna and his uh, and the Gopi associates and also the goddess of fortune. And then some are more submissive by nature, some are more rebellious by nature, and some are sometimes submissive and sometimes showing the more rebellious side. Um, the real point is, is that um, this is very pleasing to Krishna. Um, because here there is actually, uh, it's it's simply display of love. Uh, they're not... Uh, so krishna is is looking at what is behind the actions when they are chastising it's not that the chastising in itself is what is intriguing to krishna it is what is behind it it is the love that drives it krishna sees oh just see how much how much love now uh, now that they're getting they're getting upset they're getting Uh, see how attached they are. So in this way, Krishna is looking at the love and the attachment that is behind. Sri Chaitanya Mahabubu felt unlimited happiness Upon hearing these descriptions he, and he again and again requested Swarup damodar to continue speaking. damodar Ergo Swami said, Krishna is the master of all transcendental mellows and the taster of all transcendental mellows and his body is composed of transcendental bliss. Krishna is full of ecstatic love and always subordinates through the love of his devotees. The gopis are very much experienced in pure love and in the dealings of transcendental mellows. There is no flaw of adulteration in the love of the gopis. Therefore, they give Krishna the highest pleasure. Lord Sri Krishna, who is the absolute truth, enjoys his rasa dance every night during the autumn season. He performed his dance in the moonlight with full transcendental mellows. He uses poetic words and surrounds himself with women who were very much attracted to him. The gopis can be divided into a left wing and a right wing. Both wings induce Krishna to taste transcendental mellows by various manifestation of ecstatic love. Of all the gopis, Shimata Radharani is the chief. She's a jewel mine of ecstatic love and the source of all purified transcendental conjugal me- mellows. Radharani is grown up and her character is equipoised. She's always deeply absorbed in ecstatic love and always feeling in the mood of a left wing gopi. Mm. Because she's a left wing gopi, her womanly anger is always awakening. But Krishna derives transcendental bliss from her activities. The progress of loving affairs between a young boy and a young girl is by nature crooked like the movement of a snake. Because of this, the two types of anger arise between a young boy and girl. Anger with a cause and anger without a cause. As Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu heard these talks, his ocean of transcendental bliss increased. He therefore told Sarupamadar, go on speaking, go on speaking. Uh, So, um, this left wing mood um, is, and the right wing mood, the right wing is the submissive lover, yes, and the left wing wing mood is the lover whose love is completely focused, but who is not submissive, and therefore who is not under control, um, with the right-wing lovers krishna is the controller but with the uh, the left-wing lovers krishna is no longer the controller and uh rather they become the controllers right because uh, their love captures krishna and krishna uh somehow or other His love is now blocked, blocked by a wall of anger. And therefore, he cannot approach uh, the object of his love. So in this way, Krishna is uh, somehow or other. um, Somehow or other, Krishna is, um, is even more attracted by the left wing. Mood and comes under the control of the left-wing person to somehow or other pacify them and somehow or other uh, regain their loving attitude. Mm. So, in continuation from yesterday, where we discussed how how love. Is uh, is an expression of uh, of exchange, and that this exchange is bringing about a wide range of uh, of emotions, and that all these exchanges are increasing the love, uh, and sometimes. Uh, Radharani is turning to Krishna, and sometimes she is turning away from Krishna. And in this way, sometimes she is uh, giving everything to please him, and other times she becomes not approachable. And in this way, she increases Krishna's desire. Uh, and so uh, that is the purpose Uh, it is not that Krishna is the supreme lord who is the Parameshwar the supreme controller and that it ends there and that his role is simply to bless all his devotees who have dedicated himself to him no it is that rather the devotees they approach Krishna with with great love which increases his attraction for them. But now uh, in the conjugal ras, as Krishna becomes greatly attracted to Radharani, oh any any excuse it said anger with cause and anger without cause yes with cause that krishna may simultaneously maintain uh, relationships with others and that he's not 100% percent dedicated that is unacceptable and then relationship without cause uh, anger without cause simply uh, as a maneuver uh, to increase the eagerness of krishna and it's said in this way the ways of loving dealings between boys and and girls are crooked; they are not straightforward. Um, but the essence is is the ras, is the loving exchange, which uh, and all the arrangements are simply there to increase increase this love, um, Krishna. And Radharani uh, are in an eternal exchange, and their love is eternally increasing. And this is uh, the aim. Yes, and then so many uh, symptoms are there: pride, ambition, weeping, smiling, envy, fear, and anger are the seven ecstatic loving symptoms by manifested by a jubilant shrinking away. And these symptoms are called kila So, we see then this mood of, of being very, um, of being antagonistic towards Krishna, of being um, proud, ambitious, but at the same time being totally attached to Krishna. Um, So these kind of contradictions exist in a left-wing mode, and it is described in in much more detail. Uh, um, Lord Sri Krishna is thousands upon thousands of times more satisfied when he sees Srimati Radharani's face light up uh, from uh, from this combination of ecstatic love, then he is by direct union with her. Um, so actually, uh, these moments of, of where um, where there are so many obstacles between Radha and Krishna, uh, the obstacles they are more important, more important to Krishna right, than actually the meetings actually then the embraces in this world the obstacles are are just a nuisance and it is about the embrace but in the spiritual world it is really the heart that counts we have gone we can see that in the material world things have gone down to the bodily platform and to the flesh but in the spiritual world it's the heart it's the sentiment that is really uh, the essence, even in this world, when, when relationships are deeper, uh, uh, they, are can, they are more glorified when the heart gets involved. Right? But on the spiritual platform, it's completely relationships of the heart. I mean, we get these kind of descriptions in the uh, Ram and Krishna meet, and, uh, but it is in public. So Radharani is hiding her smile, but Krishna is seeing that she is detecting, she's hiding her smile, and therefore he smiles, but also in a hidden way, not too obvious. But she's seeing that he has noticed that she was hiding her smile and therefore began to smile, and therefore her smile increases. And Krishna has noted that she has noted that he has noted that she that her smile uh, has uh, increased because of uh, of him noticing it, and therefore his smile increases again. And Radharani notices that that again is his smile that he has noticed huh? that he has noticed that she responded. And in this way, there is a mutual response, and there's until they're beaming, beaming with a smile. So that is the nature of loving exchange. So detecting the love in the heart and uh, hiding the love in the heart are the ingredients of increasing the transcendental mellow, the transcendental loving exchange, which is the one thing that governs the spiritual world. Uh, The spiritual world is governed by lust, by love, and the material world is governed by, by lust. And in this way, we get a glimpse into the difference between the two. It's a, it is a difficult subject matter to, to capture, Uh, but we hear again and again from different angles, these descriptions about the difference between the spiritual and the material love. And gradually, um, gradually we start to approach, uh, we start to approach that spiritual love, which is aiming at increasing the love of Krishna. Just as we find descriptions, how Srimata Radharani is being dressed, and we see that a lot of effort is made in in dressing her. She has many uh, assistants, and tilak is not just tilak, it's a whole thing, a dot, a red dot, but it is decorated in so many ways. And it's not just a dot it's an intricate pattern and so on just that alone is designed to drive the mind of krishna mad and that is the uh, that is the, the objective uh, every move that she makes full of feminine elegance aiming to capture his mind, is simply to increase his love. There's absolutely no lust involved. There's no element of desiring to satisfy our own lusty desires. That is why this Madhurya Ras is so difficult to understand by those who do have some attraction towards lusty exchanges and some personal agenda. And that is why we hear, but it takes time. It takes time to actually appreciate uh, this pure unalloyed love and and what it actually is. So Krishna's Kaviraj gradually, step by step, takes us into this transcendental love. Uh, this love of God and what it is really about. Mm. All right. I thank you. And uh, we'll be back. And, And more is coming. Hare Krishna.